Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. I think at this point, having hung out with you for a while, that I could do word associations and be like desk lamp, and you'd be like steelhead. Honda Accord, steelhead. Everything reminds you of steelhead. I wouldn't uh, feel quite comfortable like steelhead fishing somewhere where there isn't graffiti under bridges and stuff. Or shopping carts in the river. Ooh, I'm Joe Cermelli. I caught a snakehead. It was 10 pounds. Why doesn't everybody like snakeheads? It's like toys for tots, only it's scrap lead for Bob the Garbage Man and maybe Kenny the Benny if he gets out of the rehab soon. Good morning, Degenerate Anglers, and welcome to Bent, the fishing podcast that believes that Thanksgiving is just a ploy by Big Turkey Pharma to offload more of their dry, disgusting Godzilla birds, which anglers will eat while scoffing at farm-raised salmon. <laughs> I'm Joe Cermelli. I'm Hayden Samag. Is that a turkey farming joke? Uh, it could be. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so, you know, on, on this week's show, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a little, we're going to have a little fun, uh, with some, some questionable choices in waiting, right? We're going to talk nice. Thanksgiving Eve watering holes, mm-hmm. um, and shady Black Friday gear deals. Uh, but first Hayden, what, sir, did you do for Thanksgiving? Well, uh, I was hoping to head back east, as you know. In fact, uh, you and I were talking about linking up and doing a little fishing, but mm-hmm. uh, I ended up just mm-hmm. kicking around Bozeman. Yeah, I'd say you did because you're not here. You're not where yeah. I am right <laughs> now. Obvious. So, uh, yeah. we did a wild game, uh, friends giving out here, and nice. then uh, went out and did some fishing. Yep, and it was a nice. uh, good time. Was had by all. There you go. Uh, what Great. you end up getting into? Anything good? Uh nope, nope, not at all. We we hosted, <laughs> we hosted. Uh, which is fine, right? But between hosting and now, you know, I have little kids. Mm-hmm. The days of some kind of like dawn patrol mission, Thanksgiving morning, long over. Or at least yeah. I should say they're on hiatus for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't just like bail and walk into a hot meal like I used to. It just doesn't so work nice. anymore. Uh, I actually, I, I get more excited about getting outside um, the following days, right? After Thanksgiving. Right. But the actual day is, it's a, it's a bit mellow for me. Like, you know, it's just my, my parents were over, which is nice, but it's not like a big extravaganza capped off like in the old days by your mom and aunts all like running to Kmart at midnight for the Black <laughs> Friday sale. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, speaking of which, uh, speaking of Black Friday, uh, you're perpetually broke as shit. So I'd imagine <laughs> you're probably going to seize the opportunity to knock out some, you know, discount Black Friday holiday shopping. Yes. I Maybe? am broke as shit, Joe. That's correct. I know. <laughs> uh, I had no idea Bozeman was going to cause basically the same as New York City. Uh, oh, I mean, little surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. well, I mean, mostly it's because I'm like terribly irresponsible and buy all sorts of gear, but that's not really here nor mm-hmm. there. Uh, I do intend to take advantage of some Black Friday sales, though. These days, you know, at least per TV. Uh, they start in September, and you never actually have to go to a store. That's true. You start hearing about Black Friday in September. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Which reminds me that uh, Meat Eater's Black Friday sale just kicked off a few days ago. So if 
anybody uh, listening is looking to save a little on First Light gear, Meat Eater gear, FHF, and so on and so forth, head on over to TheMeatEater.com and check that out. Yeah, you absolutely should do that. And in other shopping news, um, while it's it's not marked down for Black Friday, I'm afraid, I am pretty pumped to announce that you can now purchase select rods and reels from our sponsors, 13 Fishing, directly on the Meat Eater website, which is pretty cool. Um, and yep. many of those selections were picked by me. Um, and there are, there are a lot of the rods and reels that you've seen me use in the last two seasons of B-Side Fishing. Um, now, if, you, if you're crazy broke, like Hayden broke, like mega <laughs> broke, right? I do, <laughs> I do also have a recommendation for a less reputable dealer of fishing wares. Um, you okay with buying secondhand, man? Like, you got an issue with that? I don't think so, but... Uh, it depends on what it is. But, it, I mean, it's fishing wear, sure. Yeah, okay. Well, what about an item that perhaps fell off one truck and ended up on another? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Forget I said that. Uh, anyhow, look, we recently got a message. It's, it is sketchy, isn't it? Uh, we recently got a message from our dear friend and striper chunking expert, Bob the Garbage Man, Bertana Natanuski. And I assumed it would be a fishing report because it's still peak striper season out here. Yeah. Um, but I think this was actually intended for you, man. Like, he uh, specifically like, left me a note that said, like, even you could afford this shit, and he might even be willing to extend you some uh, further discounts. It's bad when even, like, Bob the Garbage Man is taking pity on you. Yes, yes it is. Anyway, getting into the holiday spirit, I figured I'd, I'd pass the deals and savings on to our listeners. Bob seems to be, uh, we'll say, he's, he's in quite the rush, right, to uh, <laughs> unload this stuff. So you guys might, might want to act fast. Uh, and he's selling a bunch of, um, well, just listen. Just take a listen. This is Bob the Garbage Man, Bertana Nananuski, president of Bob's Discount Tackle Emporium, or whatever, which is located in the rented ride at moving truck parked behind Lucky Wayne's mother's row home. Anyway, you need to buy shit for the sorry excuse for a striper fisherman in your life, and let me tell you, everything I got is priced to move. For one day only, buy any NASCAR commemorative plate, get two free. Drill a hole in them, attach a big treble hook and your mook husband won't know they ain't the same bunker spoons every lazy sack of shit troller he idolizes on the internet is pulling around the harbor you's heard of the tickle me elmo we got the tickle or momo it's just a piece of broom handle with two googly eyes super glued on it stick it in a glass case tell your boyfriend it's a limited edition plug from some rhode island tool shed he'll think you spent more than the two dollars i'm asking and everybody's happy especially him because he don't actually fish anyway also if you need something for the mini mooks in your life, I got a f- load of official Disney ball caps. They got Tom and Jerry on them or some shit. I'd take 20 bucks a piece just to get rid of them. Finally, remember nothing says Merry Christmas like scrap lead under the Hanukkah bush. So if you got any, bring it down when you stop by the store. It's like toys for tots, only it's scrap lead for Bob the Garbage Man and maybe Kenny the Benny if he gets out of the rehab soon. For every pound we receive, I'll probably donate at least 50% of that to a nearshore underwater environment. <laughs> so come on down and climb into our rented truck late at night. If we ain't here, come back later. But do not, do not knock on the door because Wayne's mother is sick and sleeps like 22 hours a day. Jesus, man. <laughs> yeah, I actually kind of regret sharing that. Um, you know, if you if you happen to like take him up on, on some of those like really exciting deals there. Make sure you bring a buddy and let at least a couple people know exactly where you are and uh, what time to call the cops if you're not back. You know, anyhow, um, speaking of deals, right? Uh-huh. I thought I thought in honor of Black Friday and uh, and shopping, we could play a little game. How's that sound? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> All right. Well, everyone knows, right? I, I think you can really get some really good deals out of infomercials. If you, if you call like while they're playing, right? <laughs> Good deals, scams, you know, six of one, half dozen Same of the thing. other. It's a, yeah, exactly. Sham wow, sham not wow, whatever. Uh, well, this idea came to me, so I was half asleep on the couch not long ago trying to get over that cold I had when I sounded like ass mm-hmm. on this show. Um, and you know when you're sick and like pass that on the couch? Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> zing, you zonk me, you zing me, fine. But anyway, you know when you're sick and you're like pass that on the couch mm-hmm. and like you're kind of in and out of it? Uh, I passed out and like woke up and there was some infomercial on. Now, in between like drifting off to dreamland, I would just catch little snippets of them describing what they were selling. Yeah. And I got to thinking, right? 
There are so many well-known cult classic infomercials for fishing gear. Like every angler knows them oh, and, sure. and makes fun of them, right? So I, would you be able, I thought, to recognize them by just a quick soundbite? I think I see where you're going with this. Yes, you do. So <laughs> here we go, right? In honor of Black Friday, I created a little game for you to play, okay? We're going to test your metal. I'm going to tee up a couple clips. We'll, we'll pepper some throughout the show here. And you're going to guess, is it fishing gear or exercise equipment <laughs> that they're trying to sell you based just on this one clip, all right? They're all one or the other. Nice. I, I, I like it. <laughs> all right. Here, here comes clip number one. Three, it has random directional action. It goes up, <laughs> down, sideways, all over the place. Oh, we think, man, shit. what's being sold there? Fishy stuff or exercise equipment? It's either like one of those like dart around soft plastics or it's like oh, some I... sort of like core stability thing. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to guess it's fishing. It is. And it, yeah, you are, you are right. You got that ding, one. Ding, that ding, my ding, friend. Ding. That right there is the classic banjo minnow, right? That's, ex that's find exactly what I thought it was. There you go, banjo minnow. Try and find a uh, good deal over Thanksgiving weekend on that one, my friend. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a hard one. <laughs> well, speaking of Thanksgiving, uh, you know what Thanksgiving always reminds me of? What is that? Steelhead. I think at this point, having hung out with you for a while, that I could do word associations and be like desk lamp, and you'd be like steelhead. <laughs> be like Honda Accord Steelhead. Everything, everything reminds you of Steelhead. <laughs> I actually do have a Steelhead story about a Honda Accord. Hey man, look, uh, I never give you shit for talking about snakeheads. Ooh, I'm Joe Cermelli. <laughs> I caught a snakehead. It was ten pounds. Why doesn't everybody like snakeheads? I can't help uh, what I'm into, man. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just busting your chops anyway. Steelhead. What about them? Tell us something. No, you're, you're you're right. I do I do talk about steelhead <laughs> all the time. Also, snakeheads are cool as shit. Uh, in fact, I I went back and I rewatched uh, season two, episode two of B side, and I really want to catch a snakehead now. Um, it will make it happen this year. Yeah. Well, anyhow, no, not this you... year. It's winter twenty two. Sorry, I don't know what okay, year it cool. is anymore. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> sucks getting old, man. Uh, yep. Anyhow, before you derailed me. Uh, I was going to oh so smoothly segue into your guest, Joe, uh, Steelhead Guide, Pat Keem. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, fair enough, my bad. Pat, Steelhead Pat, yes. Yep, in this week's edition of Smooth Moves. Why did you do that? Why? Why did you do that, Terry? Oh my God. Joining us today for Smooth Moves, an old buddy of mine from Milwaukee, one of my favorite cities, by the way, Pat Keem of Pat Keem Guide Services here. Pat, how art thou, my friend? I'm pretty good, man. How are you guys? Good. We are good. And um, I'm, I'm actually glad you and Hayden are meeting because you're kindred spirits in the Great Lakes steel scene. And I got to say, this is no joke. So we fished together a few years ago. Um and I was blown away by the steelhead fishing basically in Milwaukee proper. It's like it's like urban steel. Yeah, and even then it was like the fishing was kind of slow, you know, like we I know we did great, but by your standards it was slow. I know that. Yeah, it was like four or five fish, five or six fish, and but we had just the one day to do it, but like a good day Not we bad. Wanna, I mean yeah, four or five fish these days obviously is like, okay, that was a great day, but yeah. like we're still seeing like 10 to like 12 fish days. And in some some instances in the spring, we'll see 15 plus, sometimes out of the same yeah. hole. Well, so. what, I, what I thought was so cool about it, uh, being that close to downtown, was, you know, a lot of these steelhead places uh, across the Great Lakes, it's like you have these, these little sort of one horse kind of towns with this bar and this restaurant, and they have their own vibe going. But to be able to do that and then hang out in Milwaukee that just has so much great like food and bars and culture and other cool stuff to see and hang out, it's just a very different setting. I loved it. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't uh, feel quite comfortable like steelhead fishing somewhere where there isn't graffiti under bridges and stuff <laughs> <laughs> or shopping carts in, in, the, uh, in the, the river. And now the new thing in the river is all the weird scooters that we have around. People throw scooters. them off the bridges. Oh, yeah. Those electronic ones where you can just like kind of take them on the app. 
Yeah, yeah <laughs> there's got to be some razor scooters. I have, I know a few rivers oddly where it's like they're full of razor scooters. Good. Yeah, I've seen razor scooters, but these are like ones you, you can like use an app on your phone, like kind of like bubbler bikes, yeah. but it's it's yeah. an electric scooter, and they're all over the rivers. <laughs> it's funny, and they're called birds, so it's like hey, there's a bird in the river down oh, downstream. That's funny. Oh no way. Well, dude, so what's cool is when I met you, you were just like you know man around town, like we you were just a a local dude that fished and since then you have kicked off uh, officially your own guide service which i think is very cool and unique and because you know milwaukee so well like i think you should expand that beyond foot guiding like you could just do like I general 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 milwaukee tours so like steelhead and then i'm going to show you the bronze fawn i'm going to take you for the <laughs> oh, bloody mary oh, with the okay. half a chicken in it and then like you make more money that way it's just, actually you know, i mean I, i'm kind of glad that you said that so <laughs> He's just, taking notes. I can see him. New idea. So you've only how many? Remind me how long you've officially been a guide for hire. It hasn't been that many seasons, right? This this season two. Okay, oh. so season two. Yes, this is very new. Yeah. Um, and you you it's all on foot. You don't yep. you don't do any boat guiding. So you are just taking people to all the fisheries. What? How far outside the city do you go? You stay pretty close, right? Um, yeah, we really don't leave. Um, it's still considered the city. It's, uh, it's a small, uh, the village of Glendale, which is still Milwaukee. Gotcha. Um, anywhere, anywhere further north of that on the Milwaukee river, there's not any sort of number opportunities on fish whatsoever. It might be one if you're right. lucky. Right. So gotcha. You should yes. brand these as uh Milwaukee waiting tours. <laughs> Milwaukee. That's good. <laughs> Anyway, let's get down to it, man. So you've only been guiding for two seasons, but we talked a little bit about this. Um, you know, Great Lakes Steel, foot guiding in the city. I knew you would have something. So the floor is yours for smooth moves, man. Hit us. All right. Um, let's see. So uh, I, I've been thinking this already uh, a few times. I wanted to start by saying that these two specific uh, customers of mine were incredible customers and great dudes to fish with and great dudes to hang out with. Good, good start. <laughs> That's I how know. you know he's going to roast them. <laughs> I'm not so much roasted them, but I just, cause I know that they'll probably hear it and they'll know that it's them when they hear it. But this was during Chinook this year. Um, it was uh, mid September, uh, getting towards the end, but we had already been seeing some, some Chinook around. It was still super slow. Um, but we were catching fish and it was very hard because it was so hot outside and the water was so hot yeah. that these fish would only eat right at sunrise and, and they wouldn't even eat mm. at, at sundown. It was like just when it, they feel the water. Yeah. Real small window. Yeah. 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 Um, so when, when we first got there, like I wanted to get them a big fish and they're standing there, we're like talking, whatever. And I say, Hey, listen, do not take your, fl- your eye off of that bobber for any reason don't look away from it because if if the second the half a second that you do it's going under and you're going to miss it um not 30 seconds later i'm staring over um the one guy's shoulder and um the other guy cracked a joke and he looks over at him to respond to that and over his shoulder that float just goes down and i scream too i'm just like bobber bobber And, and he like almost falls over like going to get his other hand on the rod and he it he it happened so fast that he didn't even get to see the bobber come back up. I did, but he it just went down right back up. Wow, it's and, that quick of a hit. Yeah. 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 And so right after that happened, the same dude, um, he looked down at his feet to shovel up shuffle over to the next rock, like boulder, whatever. Happened again. Happened a second time and he missed the fish. Um, he never got to see the bobber go under or come back up again. This all happened within sixty seconds. And did he think you were messing with him? And maybe it just didn't quite take me as seriously as he thought, yeah. you know, like, right, right. I'm like, dude, this is going to, cause it happens to us all the time. Like sure. we'll look away for a split second. Bobber's under set the hook. Cause you know, we, we were there quick enough or sometimes it'll, it'll take the bobber under while you're not looking and it'll take it so hard. It'll load the rod itself. Under the yeah. Fit. Yeah. That didn't happen, unfortunately, but <laughs> yeah, I wish it did, but that, um, it did not, unfortunately. So, and then we fished the rest of that day, which is day one for another six hours. They never even got so much as another nibble. So I'm like, <sighs> don't look away yeah. from the bobber ever. Right. But day two, we uh, hopped in the river. I was like, please, you know, be on time. It's the same deal. We're only going to have this window in the morning to get, you know, 
one or two bobber downs right away, maybe four or five if we're lucky. We get in the river. They didn't look away from their bobbers this time. They they got hooked up. They're catching fish, blah, blah, blah. Sun comes up, and that hole we were in just got, uh, it just got blanketed in sunlight. It was like, out of all the holes in the stretch we were fishing, that was the first one to get it. And I was yeah. like, come on. So at the, in the spot that we're fishing at is, um, as far as waiting goes, to get upstream or, or really, like, to get downstream anywhere for that matter it's uh you, you got you have to get up on the bank and uh-huh. the bank is covered in broken concrete from old like you know old ship because it's an old shipping channel yeah so all those old concrete shipping docks are there but they're busted up and turned into you know bank rip wrap and, yeah, and a couple scooters out. laying around a couple it's of gnarly, scooters yeah. yep. <laughs> and like i mentioned those uh those old concrete you know docks um, up in this spot, there are still flat pieces of it that are embedded in the bank that you can stand on. You know, it's nice and level. Some of them are, are on an angle. So this one specific one that he's standing on is it's on a, just a slight pitch and the bottom corner of it is submerged in the water. So he's standing there fishing and I look over and I see that his feet, both of his feet, he's pretty much standing like you know feet together and he's hanging 10 right off the end of this oh, no. <laughs> yeah. and so i i turn and i see that and i look at him i'm like hey buddy uh make sure that you know where your feet are right now and he's like looking at me and he's kind of telling a story i was like make sure you know where your feet are not not more than maybe two minutes later i was like looking upstream at the other guy seeing what he was doing i just hear this crash and a splash he's in oh he's yeah. in yeah, he went down and um, he didn't go like all the way in. And, and unfortunately, it happened so fast. I didn't actually get to turn my head quick enough to see <laughs> it, like how like how much he fell in. But he was just like almost looking at me immediately, like for like, oh, my God, how pissed is he? Or so you, you know? weren't watching your clients the way you wanted them to watch their floats is what you're saying. <laughs> He was watching his floats for his clients. <laughs> I was trying to watch, and that's funny you say that because, like, I fish personally. I don't fish two bobbers, dude, because that's the exact reason why. Because one's going to go under, and you're going to be looking at the other one. So yep. this guy went under because I was looking at the other one. I just told him, you know. So, but he's like clawing his way back up real quick, and and um, I was like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine." I'm fine. I'm okay. And I was like, I just told Everybody you. Everybody who ever falls in is always fine because they're too embarrassed. Like, no, 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 this, this is just barely even in the no, water. I, 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 to do that. Totally fine. I meant to do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. He honestly got had that expression on his face that, like, I meant to do that. I totally meant to do that. But no, I just kind of shook my head and I was like, you know, I just don't want anybody to get hurt. Safety is my first uh priority when because you think of safety you think of fat key fat team <laughs> is number one safety guy <laughs> this is a story about a bunch of people missing a bunch of things happening man <laughs> but you know what's funny namely myself <laughs> they're not looking you're not looking but nobody's but, looking <laughs> but <laughs> you know what though man like you caught him fish that day and I, any, yes. any guy I've ever talked to, it's like some really bad shit can happen to your clients <laughs> as long <laughs> as they got their the picture and they hooked up. Yes, Anything, absolutely. Absolutely. That same guy would sue you had he not <laughs> caught fish that day. He totally so, would have. And I even had to mention that too and be like, this is why I have insurance. Pat's my dude, man. I love Pat. He's like, he's like the quintessential Great Lakes steel guide you know what i mean yeah that dude and i don't mean this in like a bad way he has that certain type of crazy all great lake steelhead guys yes uh it's a vibe that we're not going to do anything illegal or shady but we're gonna (laughs) do a couple things that might feel that way (laughs) yeah dude that's very well said it's it's totally a thing in those fisheries you always feel like you're about to be on the wrong end of an ass kicking you know what i mean (laughs) like there's actually, I almost like hate to bring it up, but there's a pretty famous video from the Salmon River a couple seasons ago where mm. a certain person was convinced someone mm. else was somehow fishing on his or her property. I won't even say the, the gender. Yeah. 
I know right? exactly what video you're talking about, and we should definitely stop right there. <laughs> yeah, because it's just brutal. It, it's just brutal. Um, but anyway, speaking of being on the wrong side of an ass kicking, uh-huh. um, I think that's exactly where you might find yourself in this week's <laughs> installment of Fish News. But first, right? Challenge ahead mm-hmm. of the challenge. Tell me, Hayden, is this clip from a fishing gear or exercise equipment infomercial? But we don't have that kind of time. So we need a device that gives us maximum payoff with minimum input. <laughs> well, they're appealing <laughs> to being lazy, uh, which uh-huh. <laughs> uh, speaks to a certain subset of angler. But I'll tell you what, it definitely speaks to folks buying workout equipment off the, off the television. So yeah. I'm going to say that's workout. Two for two, man. That's the health rider, which Woo! I'd never heard of till I the what? Into this. The health rider, dude. That's you need nickname. to look it up. I. <laughs> Do you have a health rider tattoo? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, dude. So in doing this, I found this randomly, and it's like a country western. It's like a very western dude in a very western Montana setting selling uh-huh. this thing, and I don't know who the target market was, but it obviously didn't work out because. Um, We've never heard of it. So there you go. But two for two, good for you. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, we've actually messed this up a little. Uh, we didn't oh. give Phil his in for fish news. Yes, we kind of threw off the rhythm there. Sorry, uh, you are indeed right. Phil, uh, it's time for fish news. Fish news! That escalated quickly. Hey, I bet I know what you're not doing on Black Friday, uh, sitting down to watch the final episode of B-Side Fishing Season 2, but that's okay. Okay, you'll you'll get to it later. I'm not mad at you. Uh, but that does, of course, drop today at 1 p.m. Eastern, 11 Mountain, on the Meat Eaters YouTube channel. Um, and we're closing it out back in Virginia, this time on the James River. Kind of chasing a mixed bag, but the main focus is uh, those famed James River blue cats, which I, I, I love a lot. I love the James. I love so catfish. Cool. Yep, and I'm joined by a um, friend of the show and, and good personal friend of me, me personally, Oliver Nye. Uh, and, and, you know, if you know anything about Oliver, Big Bass Dreams, um, you know, big baits for big fish kind of dude, that's what he does so well. Uh, and I'll, I'll let you know, he flexes that a little bit in here in a surprising way, even though this is a, a primarily a catfish deal. But uh, for the most part, Oliver put down his swim bait rods and um, soaked some bloody chunks, and we had a smashing good time Minus some very relatable angling hiccups, which you will see. So, <laughs> <laughs> very relatable angling hiccups, man. The, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, if there is one thing that speaks to me, it, yeah. it's it's giant cats, man. I just I just yeah. love the hell out of that, and, and you know, some people don't really get it, and I think that this particular episode of B Side shows kind of all the highs and lows. Of, uh, yeah. of giant uh, cat well, fishing, uh, of of many things, especially because people think giant cat fishing is, uh, it's kind of like a simpleton way of fishing. Like you just huck some bait out there, and, and yeah. the, but there's a lot more to it than that. Um, but yeah, dude, I know, I know, you've told me you have a thing for big cats, and that's something you haven't really done. I know you chase a lot of channels, but um, at, at some point down the road, man, I got to take you somewhere with like monsters. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I've done plenty of catfishing, and I guess my what I would consider a big catfish. I mean, right? It's all like species specific. Sure, you know, sure, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, I've tagged with my share of like twenty plus pound channel cats, and you know, if, if now if you're like using <laughs> using what I grew 20, up using, twenty which plus my, that's twenty plus that's a giant ass channel cat. I mean, oh, that's a dude, huge channel cat. Anyway, I have I have caught channel cats that I thought were legitimately in like record contention uh at least like huh. the pennsylvania state record in fact one time i was going to keep one and i was going to submit it for a record and i asked my buddy i was like hey man look up real quick what's the catfish record in pennsylvania yeah and he goes uh i said what's the channel cat record in pennsylvania he goes oh it's like 50 pounds or something like that he literally looked it up on no his no no it's the not. wrong catfish <laughs> uh, yeah yeah he looked up <laughs> flatheads Yep. And oh, so bummer. I let a potential, I have a picture of that fish. I'll send it to you. The, uh, but yeah, man, um, I was super excited to see uh, the catfishing. And man, I think you guys just, I don't know, to me, that's what it's kind of all about the way that you yeah. guys portrayed it. Yeah. I mean, truth be told, man, like I can get just as excited about chunking monster cats as I can, like chasing stripers or pike. Mm-hmm. Catfish don't get enough love, in my opinion. Um, you know, Not so enough they love. got a little, I know. So they got, a, they got a little more love out of me in B side. 
Anyway, uh, let's get to it. Grab a turkey sandwich, leftover turkey sandwich, settle in and remember this is a competition. Hayden and I do not know which story the other guy is bringing to the table. And at the end, our stovetop loving audio engineer, Phil, will judge us <laughs> and declare a winner. You're laughing. Do you eat stovetop, Hayden? Or is no, that like cancer? No, like it, you can't be sure the sage <laughs> in the stovetop is not wild mountain sage. <laughs> no, no, Phil's just got to do something with all that leftover white bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. Like that. Anyway, uh, it is actually my lead this week. So here we go. Let's do some news. Uh, shout out to Bent listener Joe. St- it's it's. I'm gonna butcher it. It's either Steinwinder. Stein, Steinwinder. Is it Winder? Or Winder, Joe Steinwinder for this one, and call him Sidewinder, Sidewinder, Steinwinder. Um, Good guy, I like him. Maybe, (laughs) maybe I'd have found this on my own, maybe not. But he presented it on a silver platter uh, via the uh, bent email inbox, and I thank him for that because it's a dandy. Okay, now this actually comes from Yahoo Finance headline: A sport fishing boat pollutes as much as 162 school buses. Will boat businesses survive regulation? So mm. this is happening in California. Compelling, compelling, compelling journalism. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is happening in California, and the sport fishing boats being referred to, um, you know, here are predominantly large party boat style boats and and long range style fishing boats that can accommodate a bunch of anglers. Of course, this style of boat is not unique to California. They exist pretty much everywhere that you find saltwater. And um, what's happening is not only affecting these fishing boats. Uh, but also the the whale watching fleets of the same size, typically same kind of boats. Some places they're fishing one day, whale watching the next, very mm-hmm. common, right? So according to the story, California air pollution regulators have already clamped down on emissions from big rig trucks, buses, and cargo ships. They have now set their sights on the sport fishing and whale watching industry because they say their aging boats with aging diesel-powered engines are responsible for what officials say is an outsized amount of dangerous pollution that lingers over the state's marinas and bays. The California Air Resources Board is meeting to consider a measure that will require sport fishing, whale watching, and other excursion boat owners to install the newest and cleanest diesel engines and potentially also a filter to reduce exhaust pipe emissions. Now, before I go on here, I can attest that that wherever you find party boats, and whale watching boats, the fleet is often made up of very old vessels, right? These are 50 to 100 foot boats. Most were custom built at some point or or bought used by the current operators. And yeah, a lot of the party boats you, you fish on were built in the 70s or 80s, maybe even earlier in some places. These were boats that were meant to last a long time. You don't kind of like get a yeah. new one every couple of seasons, right? Um. And it's fair to say that that when a lot of these boats were built or purchased, it was a much more booming time for the party boat industry than it is now in many parts of the country. And many of these party boat businesses were started decades ago, and, and the operation stays within one family, which leads to the obvious issue here. This is right from the story. The boat owners are mostly mom-and-pop businesses that cater to blue-collar anglers and families. They say that they don't have the finances – unlike other big businesses, to meet the proposed regulations and that many may be forced to close up shop, right? It's super interesting, man. Like, this is one industry where it's half... A lot of it, like, is lifestyle and passion, right? You know, a lot of these folks grew up this way, doing this thing. You know, their their daddies were commercial fishermen or charter captains, and, like, Mm -hmm. this is what they've committed to doing. The overhead is so crazy high. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get into that because that's that's a big that's a big part. Of yeah, the deal I'm sorry. Here, right? Continue. Continue. No, 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 no. But no, that's that's where we're going, right? No, no, no. <laughs> so so here's a quote, right? Yeah. I'm terrified. I'm supposed to learn a new trade now," said Jeff Jessup, 46, part owner of three fishing boats. Uh, and a landing in San Pedro who has been in the business, like you were just saying, since he was a teenager working mm. as a deckhand. He says, I thought this was my future and my retirement. So I'm not going to get super detailed on the fight happening here, but basically you have, quote, business experts arguing that environmental regulations have had very little to do with cutting the overall number of jobs in the economy. Instead, they say that regulations often shift jobs from one industry to another, um, like as an example, away from petroleum industries towards clean energy Mm -hmm. businesses, right? 
And that's all well and good, but you can't apply that to every single industry that regulations like this will affect, right? So it says, per the, this is per the story, in the case of mom and pop businesses such as boat operators, environmental regulations often force the industry to consolidate to a smaller number of better funded companies willing to pay for the environmental upgrades. The thing is, right, this is such a small niche business already that in many instances, it's very hard to envision that consolidation, right? Right. Um, yeah, the story says that many of the wood and fiberglass boat in California's fleet, they couldn't even accommodate the new cleaner diesel engines if they wanted to, nor the diesel filters. Like those boats are just, they're not going to fit those engines. So yeah. how do you fix that, right? Your only option in, in many cases is to upgrade to a newer metal boat that's going to cost two to $5 million, right? Yeah. And the representatives from the Air Resource Board are telling captains, well, if you just jack your prices by 40 bucks, you'll cover it. Jack your prices $40, and uh, our math says you'll be fine. Uh, you'll be able to get a new boat with cleaner engines. So the Air what? Resources <laughs> Board, yeah, yeah, I mean, but but that's the disconnect, and I'll get into that in a yeah. second. Yeah, the Air Resources Board also estimates that in San Pedro area alone, sport fishing and whale watching boats generate 21% of all emissions and say the proposed regulation is estimated to avoid, and how they get these numbers so specific, I don't know, but 531 premature deaths, 161 hospital admissions, and 236 hospital visits over the next decade or so. How do you figure that out? I don't know, man. I feel like there are like 531 premature deaths, 161 hospital admissions, and every five minutes. No, I, I, th I think just as a result of people going fishing. <laughs> That's you know Forget you're probably right. Man. You're probably right. Now here's the final twist to this, right? Quoting the story again: the state agency is considering considering similar emissions regulations for commercial fishing operations, which operate more than 1,000 boats in the state. If it passes, though, that program won't take effect until 2035. The Air Resources Board plans to give commercial fishing boat owners extra time to comply because agency officials say the businesses don't have the same ability to pass on the cost of new engines and boats to their customers. That seems like the opposite of what you would think. Now, I will. it does. I will say, though, I'm assuming that they're talking about mom and pop commercial operations right not right right like not the big, like the big yeah. corporation you know not like 500 foot boat yeah. yeah exactly but still but still so if these regulations pass it will require all the boats in the fishing fleet to be up to code in 2023 but boat owners who have financial difficulties meeting the deadline may request postponing compliance until as late as 2034 and guess what i'm betting the vast majority of them <laughs> will ask for the extension, right? Well, hey, hey, man, now here's the thing, dude. Two years is a pretty unreasonable amount of time to buy a new two to $5 million boat. Now, 10 years, yeah. 10 years, I think that everybody can afford a new two to $5 million boat. I think that's plenty of time to save up uh, two like, to five does million. That, does that include I don't you know about you, 10 years from now, can I get a $5 million 72-foot Viking? I mean, I think it's economically. That's feasible. another shout out for you, by the way, Viking. If you're listening, I just keep. I'm just going to keep <laughs> dropping you until you give me the damn boat. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, so look, so this is a really shitty situation, and and I, I'm not saying there aren't two sides. I'm all for cleaner air and a better tomorrow. As are you, right? There's no argument there, but I also I feel like I, <laughs> you don't have any yet, right? Uh, but I also feel like I, I have a better understanding of how the party boat business works than a lot of these, quote, experts and researchers. And I'm certain the boat owners feel the same way. Like, you have to consider how much prices have already been hiked just to accommodate rising fuel costs. Just that alone. Like, when I was a kid, it cost like 40 bucks a person to go fluke fishing on a party boat. Now, I think it's closer to 100 and then yeah. now you factor in, you know, regulation changes within certain fisheries to use fluke as an example. Again, they have to be so big to keep anymore. Like a keeper fluke now, if I caught it when I was eight years old, the whole dock would have been like, holy shit. Did you see that fluke that kid Joey caught over on sea dock? Like mm -hmm. it's a massive fluke, right? And it's very difficult to catch keepers and your limit of them. So for a lot of people, it doesn't pay to go on a party boat to catch them anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 
I was just out last week, and our TOG season just opened here. There were 10 party boats out with very few people on any of them. And years ago, they'd have been packed. But for many people, I think that a party boat is no longer like the yeah. cheap option. I mean, for a lot of people, 100, 150 bucks, like that's that's not cheap anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, I question how many even stay in business already. I question how they make even enough to keep the boats running let alone turn a significant profit. So for these boats in California, so it's a pretty crushing blow, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I couldn't imagine kind of just having that, like that burden just sort of like thrust upon you, um, even, even if it's for these like objectively good reasons. Uh, the the problem that I like I often see. Well, that's with, the like, problem, isn't it? Like, it's not a bad reason. The core. No, if you look well, at the core reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the core reason is good. The, the the thing is, is like, as folks, we see problems, and because the problem exists, we also assume the a perfect solution exists. And I think right. like that's where a lot of folks get hung up is like in looking for these perfect solutions that don't exist. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't really know what to do with the information that you just gave me about this, like because it seems the number one thing that we have to do as folks is work to better our environment because you know it, you get one. True. On on the flip side of that, it's like, can you justify all this like collateral damage, um, you know, to make up for how we like up since the industrial yeah. revolution you're right just, and on, and on, i mean you're, you're going deep but even on just a lesser level it, it just pains me even though i don't know the full story on the commercial ops it just seems like another way to kick mom and pop in the ass like why them first i mean like these businesses are struggling so hard already and like you said it's an entertainment industry they're not a party boat's not a necessity you know well, let me ask and, you this though like how how in this particular scenario how don't you kick like a mom and pop in the ass? You, it's very difficult. You know, it, it's, 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 it's very it's, difficult. It's like with like long, you know, own and operator truck drivers. You know, yeah. it's like how don't you kick them in the ass? Is it like a grant situation? Yeah, and and we're not going to figure that out right now. But it also it's just, no, no, it's no, just no, no, another no. way. It, Listeners, this podcast is going to go on until Joe and we I are not solve stopping. The climate crisis. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm going to go make the another turkey sandwich. We'll be problems. here for a while. <laughs> yeah, right on. So, uh, you know, sad story. Uh, it, it's it's um, just another blow to fishing. Uh, you know, we already deal with so much of that with regulations that get thrust upon us that aren't thrust upon commercial guys and back and forth. I hope this figures its way out. And uh, at least they, they buy 10 years to figure it out, not have to have it done by 23. So. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work. Try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months. Wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of six sick folks. Or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription. And you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds. 
to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor, no waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. Hey, if you guys like to cook outdoors and you ought to, you should check out the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle. Now, this, this is a good innovation here and it solves a real problem, okay? So this is a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools, like a griddle on your grill. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box. There's no use of coatings, okay? You can use metal tools to flip, press, and scrape without worry. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. Now, everything, the problem with griddles, everything rusts. No one talks about how bad everything rusts. Uh, the reason they don't because they couldn't fix it until now. Well, Weber's new rust-resistant technology, your Weber grill will last for years. When used, the carbon steel griddle hardens and bonds the surface, reducing the ability for moisture to collect and rust to form. With the new Weber Works Prep Cook and Store System, you can keep cooking and cleaning supplies handy, carry food and condiments from the kitchen to the griddle, and even convert the side table into a prep station. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle. Hey, Joe, man, let, 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 let's move on here. Let's move into a way that uh, recreational fishing and commercial fishing might be helping save the environment. I, I love it. I you love like it. that transition? It. I like it. It's good. It's so smooth. Time. Yeah. All right. So um, I know I've been on the international beat for the last couple, two, three weeks here, but now I'm bringing it back to, I guess, Montana terms, you know, right down the uh, right down the road from where I am. Um, okay. Unlike a lot of stories I've been bringing to the table, this is sort of like a, a story that requires a little bit of context and unpacking. And I'm going to break this shit down into like a where, what, when kind of deal okay. just for organization sake. Yeah, do it. I also wanted to say that down the road in Montana could be like three hours away, right? It's <laughs> it, different. It is. It's, it's about that. <laughs> so right uh, speaking of, let's start with where. Um, right. Okay, so this story comes from uh, Lena Beck writing for The Counter. And Lena, I apologize if I mispronounced your first name there. Okay. Um <laughs> So there, there's this big ass lake out here called Flathead Lake, and it's like 200 square miles or something. I think it's the biggest mm-hmm. lake in the state. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to contextualize, bigger than Lake Tahoe. Um, now, Flathead Lake straddles an important boundary, the boundary between the state of Montana and the Flathead Reservation, uh, home of the Confederate Salish and Kootenai tribes. Yeah, uh, this is important, and we're going to get to why later on. Anyhow, uh, Flathead Lake basically forever has been a stronghold for what I think of as one of the defining species of the American West, and that's the bull trout. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's our what. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not journalism familiar, class, throw it back. Yeah. If if you're not familiar, uh, bull trout are basically like a giant. I mean, I know you are familiar, Joe, with this for listeners. <laughs> I know, I bull it. trout are basically a giant <laughs> badass char, and incidentally, they actually look a little bit like Lakers. Um, Mm -hmm. They're super cool, and they're also super protected. In fact, there are only a handful of fisheries outside of Canada where you can legally target them. Yeah, and I mean, all the places I've been, I've yet to go on a a bully trip, like a legit, you're allowed to fish for them here bully Mm -hmm. trip. Uh, It's still on my bucket list. Yeah, so we got our where, we got our what, now let's talk about when. And there are actually like three whens in this story. You got 1905, mm. 1981, mm. and a, a couple dates more, le- more or less in the last two decades, uh, which I'm going to lump together here mostly for sentence structure. Uh, let's start from the beginning. Uh, in 1905, Montana officials made the dumbass decision to put non-native fish into Flathead Lake, among them the lake trout. Uh, the lake trout took to their new environment the best out of all these non-native species that were introduced. And for a long time, it wasn't a big deal. In fact, it was like pretty rare that you caught one. But they were just mm-hmm. kind of this omnipresent uh, 
folks reference them or reference them, refer to them as uh, Mackinac. So I'm, right. I'm going to use that word in here a couple of times and yep. dear listener. Now we, that, now we know what, what it means. is. Yep. Knowing's half the battle. Okay. <laughs> so 1905. And then in 1981, so it's it's been fine for like 75 f-ing years. Then in 1981, uh, mice shrimp were introduced into the lake. Um, the idea was that they'd be a great food resource for the Kokanee salmon, another non-native fish that inhabited the flathead. Right. Well, this backfired spectacularly. Uh, Kokanee <laughs> salmon almost exclusively eat zooplankton and weren't super interested in the shrimp at all. Um, Mice's shrimp also eat zooplankton, and eventually the shrimp population grew to such numbers that they outcompeted the Kokanee. By 1990, uh, there were no more kokanee in Flathead Lake, which in the context of this story, like, is kind of unimportant. The important Uh thing is that there were a lot of shrimp kicking around. Uh Uh, So the kokanee weren't about them, but you know who did love to eat them? Who's that? The lake trout. Specifically, (laughs) juvenile lake trout. And because the shrimp were so abundant, the lake trout population exploded. But these little shrimp can only sustain a laker for so long. Eventually, the lakers had to eat other, bigger things. Do you see where this is going, Joe? I see where this is going because this this happens all over the country. Lakers are a great idea until they're not, and they start eating all the native fish and things like that. Yep, they started eating all the native fish and things like that. And particularly uh, the bull trout. Bull trout. Yeah. 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 Uh, by 1995, there were estimated to be about a thousand left in Flathead Lake. Mm. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty much extirpated. Anyhow, so back to the fact that uh, Flathead is on both Res land and Montana State land. It became obvious to both sides that this shit was a major problem. So around 2000, they came together and decided that they needed to tackle this situation. From what I can tell, the Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes, uh, from here out, I'm going to refer to them as CSKT, and the state, <laughs> that's an acronym, bro, Okay. <laughs> that, that started out on the same foot, uh, opting for an angler-centric solution to the problem. The CSKT started a program called Mac Days, uh, Mac is short for Mackinac, and at the inaugural events, like 900 Mackinac were caught. Now, the number is close to 60,000 caught annually at these events. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's a lot. Despite this call, the CSKT noticed that the population was only expanding to the point that by the mid-2000s, they realized that an angler approach wasn't going to be sufficient. The state disagreed and continued to push for an angler-based approach to management, Um, But long story short, eventually the state came around and saw what the CSKT had seen all along, that a different approach was absolutely necessary. Well, yeah, man. And and, and this sort of thing has happened in a lot of places with Lakers. Dare I bring up snakeheads after being berated about my snakehead obsession earlier in this (laughs) podcast. Uh, But I mean, same deal. It's like, hey, no limit. Catch all you want. Catch all you want to do. But... that often doesn't work to fix the problem. Like you can open the limits. You could say, you know, kill all you want. Um, sometimes, you know, the, the, the hunter angler sort of approach to conservation, it isn't always the be all end all. It's not always the answer. It's just, yeah. it's going to happen that way. Yeah, it could be part of it. Sure. It can, it can exactly. always be part of it in most circumstances, right. but right. sometimes it's just too big of a problem. So what the CSKT did was develop a commercial fishing program. See, kids, commercial fishing isn't always the devil, and it can, in fact, help a fishery. Uh, Anyhow, they basically net a shit ton of these things and sell them to restaurants, grocery stores, and private buyers. It's about five and a half times more effective than the Mac Days alone. Uh, The Mac Days alone represent about 4,000 pounds of fish removed annually, where the commercial fishery represents closer to 22,000 pounds. Right, right. So, I mean, are they pretty confident? Do they do they think this is really going to solve um, the the problem and get rid of the Lakers and Flathead once and for all? Are they confident in that? Sort of. Um, okay. They think that this is going to. Their goal isn't to get rid of them altogether because you know, short of like poisoning a body of water, yeah, that's basically impossible. Um, right. 
they do think that this is going to reduce the population of Lakers by like 75%, which based upon their projections, will get the bull trout population to bounce back to around 90%, right. which is an infinitely more tenable situation and yes. would constitute like a huge conservation success story. Anyhow, uh, that's pretty much my fish news story. It's not exactly like a current event, but it highlights how complex our fisheries can be and how much impact our own meddling has in the survival of our native fish, you know, whether it's to increase sport fisheries or, you know, a lot of times to see fish introduced to grass carp, you know, yeah, aid some sort of perceived problem. Um, It also demonstrates like the importance of including native folks in the management of their own land. You know, a lot of times, you know, we like to come in and decide what needs to be done, but ultimately we, we can learn a lot by deferring uh, a, a certain amount of our opinion to maybe the people that it impacts the most. And I think we can learn a lot from that. Great example of, of, of a lot of things that sort of get bad rap and have a lot of infighting working um, together here. And I, I certainly hope this is the solution, even though it's it's sort of harsh. It's a it's a quicker, more harsh way to get rid of all these fish. The bull trout are more important. And, and yeah. I think in a, in a case where you're not fighting about, um, and I'm not knocking it, but we've done stories here about like, chubs and minnows that were native mm-hmm. that went away and then there were there were fights to bring those back bull trout's a pretty special fish i mean yeah. I, I by my own admission it's something i have not gone to chase yet um so i i hope to see that work so i don't know we'll uh we'll defer to phil to see what worked in our favor this week phil um you know we'll have to put down the the bowl is <laughs> The turkey on white bread in the bowl stove top for a second, and then uh, after that, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I think I think you and I deserve to go have a drink in honor of uh, Thanksgiving Ooh. weekend. Are we going to a bar? We are. Hey, assholes! Despite the big divorce, parents' energy coming from my mom and dad in the late nineties, it may shock you to learn that I have never had stovetop stuffing. I had my fair share of DiGiorno's pizza and hamburger helper but I don't think I've had a loaf of white bread in my house since 9-11. Those events are unrelated. That's just kind of how the timing worked out. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, the winner this week is the lake trout. (laughs) Congrats on winning the big fishy lottery, and I hope you had a lovely Thanksgiving. So, Hayden, before we uh, scurry the show along, keep moving forward here, how about another clip? All right, let's do it. All right, great. Round three. Uh, is this a clip from a fishing infomercial or exercise infomercial? But it, it failed at first, but then it began to work. And once it worked, I knew I was onto something. I quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, somebody talking about how they quit their job for this immediately makes me think it was fishing related. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> It's a tough one. They, I've tried to make them increasingly more difficult. The VHS, like, static makes me think it was low budget to begin with. So uh-huh. this dude quit his job to pursue this and didn't have a lot of money making this infomercial. I'm going to go fishing again. Oh, man. good! I'm proud of you. Three for three. That's the flying <laughs> yeah, lure. Yeah, man. <laughs> that is flying lure inventor Alex Langer talking about what he did to get the flying lure off the ground. Uh, but it, it's not flying that high today, Ooh, to be honest with sorry, you. Alex. So, you know, I always thought it was a great lure. I still have some great lure. It's the tube that it falls backwards. So, like, you throw it against the dock, and it falls backwards under the dock. Ooh. I actually had oh, I, like I actually that. had Hank actually had Hank Parker himself once tell me that the flying lure is real good and I believe him. Anyway, uh, those were fun. So all right, uh, it's it's kind of time to to bring the show home here. And I think there's uh, there's nothing that says home for the holidays quite like getting wasted with your dumbass high school friends at the <laughs> local bar you've been sneaking into since you were uh, sitting through AP Calc. You sat through AP Calc, right? <laughs> <laughs> you are grossly overestimating how good of a student I was, man. I was, I was, particularly when it came to math, I was terrible. All right. All right. That, look, that may be the case, but let's go have a drink and uh, we can talk about where it all went wrong. Um, it's time for one of my favorite segments. And this week we have a great one coming to us from the Silver State. It's time for That's My Bar. Best goddamn bartender from Timbuktu to Portland, Maine. Or Portland, Oregon, for that matter. Now, I've always associated Thanksgiving weekend, uh, it's, it's kind of a drinking weekend, right? But I will sure. admit that, um, yeah, back in the day, 
I never really did the Thanksgiving Eve bar crawl because I was usually fishing Thanksgiving morning and I didn't want to get all banged up. Um, what about you? Were you, were you like, was that a party night or a, or a get some sleep night? Uh, well, see, here's the thing, man. I hate everybody that I went to high school with, so <laughs> I <laughs> like I was not trying to run into them in a bar. That is that is very fair. I can sort of identify with that. Yes, for sure. Uh, that's that's a good call. Um, okay, there you go. Anyway, it's also a big travel weekend, of course, um, and maybe you have family three hours northeast of Las Vegas, though probably not. Because I, I think only five or six families live there. Yeah. Yeah, you know? So the odds are <laughs> unlikely. Uh, yeah. But regardless, about three hours northeast of Vegas, you will find the town of Posh, Nevada, which is the closest town to the bar we're featuring, uh, which is the Eagle Valley Resort. And this nomination comes to us from listener Ben Parks, and here's what he says. Eagle Valley Resort might as well have a sign out front that says, Degenerate Anglers Welcome. I've never actually looked for a definition of the word resort, but I'm pretty sure this ain't it. <laughs> the bar dog will greet you, the locals will scowl at you, and the mixture of cigarette smoke and the smell of stale beer will transport you back to the 1970s when your dad lets you sometimes tag along with him to the bar. Located about three hours north-northeast of Las Vegas and just a few miles from the Nevada-Utah border is the best fishing bar I've ever found in Nevada. While there must be at least three more fishing <laughs> bars in Nevada, I haven't found them yet. With Eagle Valley Reservoir a few miles upstream and Echo Canyon Reservoir eight miles downstream, you have two, two, all caps, fishing options around here. And in parentheses, he says, us Nevadans get excited about fishing options, not many. Okay, well, so they might not have a ton of fishing options out there in the <laughs> desert, although Pyramid Lake's in Nevada, right? It is, and I got to tell you, man, like I've never really, I've only desert fished a little bit. Uh, I've always wanted to fish around Vegas or film something there, mm -hmm. but um, he's right. Like there's not, a, there's not a ton of options. I, I don't spend that much time in the desert. And, and even with the options that there are, Ben doesn't exactly sell us <laughs> on those. Uh, no, no. <laughs> He continues, after you've spent a day soaking power bait for stalker rainbows or throwing lures for the unimpressive largemouths and crappie or drowning mealworms on the very short ice season, <laughs> as one could imagine, yeah. you can head to the resort for a cold one. Part general store for the necessities, 4th of July colored power bait with sparkles <laughs> is crushing them today. <laughs> it's the best part right there. Part bar and part casino with video poker and slot machines. Parenthesis, what else would you expect from a tiny bar in nowhere, Nevada? Yep. A few crusty trout and bass mounts on the walls, along with various dilapidated mounted critters. It all really sets the ambiance meter to <laughs> my sister-in-law is an aspiring. <laughs> I'm reading this for the first time. <laughs> my sister-in-law is an aspiring rustic interior decorator. Yeah, dude. So I... I got to say, right, it was such a nice touch on the 4th of July covered power bait. Right. That, like, really sets the vibe of the area, okay? Also, I've used that before, truth, and it works. Um, mm. I'm pretty sure the glitter it's infused with is biodegradable, at least I think. Um, it is not. Anyway, it, it's probably not, no. Anyway, moving along. The more remote the place is, the more needs it has to fulfill. RV spots? Yep. Rent a cabin? Yep. Fishing supplies, beer, butter, milk, eggs, replacement mantles for your ancient Coleman lantern. Yep. Cell service. Nope. Your kids can <laughs> slam billiard balls around on the table until one of them smashes a finger. You can work your way to the bathrooms through the undulations that you know means there were at least three phases of construction, in parentheses, brother-in-law is <laughs> an aspiring rustic architect. <laughs> Or you can drink your beer in silence as you stare at the sign behind the bar that says, we don't call 911 with a barrel end view of a 357. No shit. Your phone isn't going to work here anyway. <laughs> this dude must be young because I, I, we got to remind him that there are such things as landlines. And I bet you uh, uh, right? this relic of a bar might have one. <laughs> right. I still have one. The only people that call are uh, spam and my, my mother. Well, That's, you know, I don't know why we keep it. Landline or not, man, you know the the lone sheriff of that county is, <laughs> is already in there anyhow, and, and he's yes. probably more inclined to help hide the bodies rather than yes. do something about yes. it. Yes, it reminds me of the scene in the vacation when the sheriff is the mechanic that rips Clark Griswold off on bald tires. 
Um, anyway, well, I can't say we're, I, I don't think that we're, we're going to rush out to fish there after that exciting overview of the angling opportunities. This does sound like an absolutely killer bar. Um, I would drink there with bells on. Ben, thank you for sending that one along. And if you've got a fishy dive you want shouted out, send your nomination and description to us at bent at themeateater.com. So that's it for this week. And let's be honest, most of you are probably out doing fun things on Black Friday. You had a day off. Uh, so if you caught up after the holiday, I guess I could say probably happy Cyber Monday to most of you at this point. <laughs> yeah, we hope everybody had a, uh, a wonderful Thanksgiving and that you're yes. getting on the water or in the field this weekend with family or just the good people you choose to surround yourself with. And you should tell yes. all those people about the Bent Podcast. <laughs> Maybe ask them to send a bar nomination or an awkward photo or a Selbin item to uh, bent at com. You should definitely ask that. And uh, you should also definitely keep using those Bent Podcast and Degenerate Angler hashtags on Instagram. And speaking of Instagram, let's close out with a final infomercial clip just for you, the listeners, okay? We're going we're gonna to close out with one. Feel free to comment on my Friday bent post on Instagram and let me know if you think this is a hokey fishing product or terrible exercise equipment being pushed. Either way, no matter which one it is, bonus points if you can name the product. If it just doesn't work for you, we've got a six-month money-back guarantee. That's right. You can try this thing out for six months, and if you don't like it, at any point, you can send it back to us, and we'll give you a refund. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, if you guys like to cook outdoors and you ought to, you should check out the Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle. So this is a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge, reaching all the way up to 500 degrees. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle.